Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, senior pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we have spent time laughing, growing, and being transformed in the presence of Christ in community with other leaders. Thanks, Ruth. And I want to let you know we appreciate the great response we've had to the first four seasons of the podcast. And we would love to bring more seasons and expand what we're doing with the podcast. But all those things take financial resources. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, we invite you to become a monthly patron of the podcast by going to patreon.com and searching for Strengthening the Soul of your leadership podcast. Steve, what is Patreon? I don't even know what that is. Oh my gosh, you're such a Luddite. <laughs> I know. Just enlighten me, please. Patreon <laughs> is a great way that people who listen to you and who love the Ministry of Transforming Center and who've gotten things out of this podcast to be able to give $2 a month, $5 a month or more, and they get they get bonus content from you, Ruth, that no one else gets. <laughs> Exclusive Wonderful. bonus content. There's no downside to that, is there? There is no, no downside. downside. So go to patreon.com, everybody. Search for Ruth Haley Barton or Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. And please join us by becoming a monthly patron. Hey, friends, welcome to episode five. This one's called Rest for the Body. And one of the things I love about this story is that Elijah is instructed to take not one, but two naps. Doesn't get any better than that, it does it? Does. And it reminds me, weren't you weren't you dubbed the director of naps on a I certain have, trip? I or have retreat? taken that title at times. Yes, mm-hmm. that is a wow. Yeah. I like that for you. Um, so I remember a time when our friend Vicky, our mutual mm-hmm. friend Vicky, uh, when I was working with her, she noticed and she said it. Uh, that during this particularly hard season of my life, she said, Steve, it seems like you're dragging your body through this season. Mm-hmm. And I, it was one of those times where I stopped and, and tried to notice, oh my gosh, I think she's right. And that I was treating my body as if it was expendable. Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Why do we treat our bodies like, well, we can just drag them here and there and, you know, we don't need two naps. I like, I like to talk about it. We use our bodies like we drive a truck. You know, we just drive our bodies like, like very mechanistically we, we approach our bodies. I don't know. I, I think for Christians and in the religious environment, there's often been this false dualism set up between the material world and the spiritual world or the body and the soul. And so we don't give any thought at all to the soul or to, we don't give any thought at all to the body mm-hmm. and we just use it up. And if it doesn't give us any trouble, then we just ignore it. And then the only time we pay attention is when it does start giving us trouble and then it's kind of too late. So I don't think that's the way God intended it when he gave, a, gave us the gift of a body, but it certainly does seem to be a part of the, the package. Man. So bring us up to speed about mm-hmm. where Elijah is. Well, Elijah has given up control, and so it's it's then creates some space for God to come in and do what God knows to do. And I, what God knows needs to be done is that Elijah needs to rest, and he needs to rest body, mind, and soul. So the first thing that happens is that God sends an angel. God does not come directly. God sends an angel, and the angel comes with um, the instruction to rest. He's going to need to rest, but also with food and a jar of water. I, I like to joke about the fact that this is the first incident of angel food cakes in the scriptures <laughs> that I know about because it says that the angel, you know, cake, bakes this yeah. cake on hot stone. Mm. 
But Elijah's body needs to be replenished and cared for in every single way. Mm -hmm. He's in a very weakened condition. And so Elijah follows these instructions. So he eats, he falls to sleep. The angel wakes him up and says, you need to eat some more. Otherwise, the journey is going to be too much for you. And so Elijah is strengthened in his body first uh, for the journey that's ahead. And the journey is a physical journey for Elijah, but it's also a spiritual journey into the heart of God, into a deeper awareness of God's presence and what God wants to say to him in that place. And so there's this strengthening that needs to take place for us to even take the deeper spiritual journey. And that's what God invites us into. And God knows that most of us need. Mm. Uh, you often bring up Psalm 131 mm-hmm. as a picture of what contented rest mm-hmm. looks like. And so maybe remind us uh, the movements of that particular psalm. It's only three three verses long, four maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why is that Why is that such a compelling mm-hmm. picture for you? Uh, and what can we learn from it? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently David, who was the psalmist, must have been like hanging out with his wife and children because it's almost like he is seeing Mm -hmm. a young child with his mother and david sees this as a picture of what his relationship with god could be like so he says my soul is not lifted up my eyes are not raised too high i do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me which another way to to say that would be things too complicated Mm -hmm. for me i'm not trying to figure things out that are too complicated for me but I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. So the first thing we see here is this ability to just rest in the presence of uh, the one that you trust. And so, of course, the mother, uh, for a very, very young child, the mother is the most trustworthy person in their life. And not just trustworthy, but the source. Mm -hmm. Like the mother is the source of life and nourishment. And so I think it's an extremely powerful metaphor for a man to have taken. You know, sometimes some people would like to dismiss it and say, well, that's a very feminine metaphor. But David brought the metaphor to us and he says, this is what it can be like for us to rest ourselves in God. And I remember when I was nursing our first child and I'm not the earth mother type. I'm I'm out there getting the job done. I, you know, I'm a good mother, but I don't consider myself, you know, to be the earth mother type. And I chose to nurse our kids because I knew it would be good for them. And so with our oldest, Charity, she was a very independent, squirmy kid from the very, very beginning. And it was frustrating to me because here I was, this new mother, and all I wanted to do was cuddle this little baby, and she just would not allow it. She was always on her way to someplace else and just didn't do a lot of resting with me. And so what I experienced was that nursing, the choice to nurse her was actually a gift to me Mm. because it meant that that was the one time she would let me hold her. Yeah. And so those would become the moments where we were just together. And so when she was finished with nursing, she would lay there for a while and we would just look at each other and she's a very intense person. Mm. So I felt like she could see right through me, you know? Um, but that was how we shared communion with each other. And the thought occurred to me that maybe it's the same way with God. Maybe God is waiting for us to stop squirming and maybe he's waiting for us to stop our running here, there and everywhere and doing stuff. And he just says, I just want to be with you. I just want to hold you. And that the, the, the picture of a nursing mother is an amazing picture to think of when we think of our relationship with God. And it's a physical rest, isn't it? The body stops being in motion. The body rests. There's a settling down that takes place and a willingness to be all the way here right now. And I think that is the first thing solitude is all about is just stopping your motion and being willing to settle and just be with this person who loves you and who has what you need, by the way, you know? Yeah. 
You know, I, I want to stop and just notice something that's an internal dynamic for me is I feel an ache when you talk about mm -hmm. that, like as a, as a guy, as a mm -hmm. man, um, <clears throat> this notion of being so cared for, mm -hmm. so nourished yeah, and being in this sort of maybe passive is not the right word, mm -hmm. but sort of this receptive, receptive place where I'm not doing anything, I'm not earning anything. Uh, yeah, that, that, and I am receiving and I'm receiving yeah. act, actively, <coughs> actively receiving. Was that Jeff again? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. <laughs> I'm telling you that, pay okay. no attention to the man in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. Oh. Um, so yeah, so I think, and even as I think about David writing that, you know, some of his childhood and he was called the youngest and mm -hmm. the runt and sort of rejected by his family, mm -hmm. really. I mean, yeah. for as far as we can tell. And I just wonder what was happening with him, how much desire mm -hmm. was being poured out as he wrote that right? versus a lived experience. You know, right. like, you know how you write something mm -hmm. that you want to be true? Right. Well, sometimes. and I, I think, too, what this metaphor says to me is how much communication and communion is happening beyond words. Yes. This is a picture of beyond words communion. And just to include the men, I mean, this is the kind of moment a man has when he's, you know, holding his baby on his mm -hmm. chest, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's a very intimate picture. Oh, yeah. um, and when what's happening there is that love and communion is passing between the baby and the father mm -hmm. without words. Babies don't need words. They don't understand words. What they yeah. need is that skin to skin contact and I think that first and foremost, solitude is communion. It's being with God beyond words and letting love pass between you without the need for words. And probably words would actually detract from it anyway. Yeah. You know? It's at a totally mm -hmm. different level, totally right. different plane. Mm -hmm. um, when the twin, when my twins were born, we were very intentional about like I wanted to have skin on skin mm -hmm. time yeah, with exactly. both of them at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So there's a, there's a, someone took a picture. I don't know who yeah. wasn't Mary. But someone took a picture of me just yeah holding them, you know, holding yeah. them, and yeah, and, and it's very sweet because um, a person who's very strong is then very tenderly holding these very fragile little beings, you know. Um, yeah, my, my my son Isaac, he would find his, 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 no matter where he was, mm -hmm. he would put his head right mm -hmm. under my chin. Yeah, he would he snuggle found his, place. his way. That mm -hmm. that was his place. Yeah, yeah, and um. And then I would go like, oh, mm-hmm, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And then later on, when he wanted to be snuggle, mm -hmm. he would just make the noise. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. That was his mm -hmm. ask, you yeah. know? And so there, there, there is that. I, I, I deeply resonate with this sense of what God wants mm -hmm. to, how God wants to give yeah, us rest. Yeah, it's not just for us. It's maybe also for God. Oh maybe God wants to be with us that way, too. Yeah. Um. So now I want to, gosh, switch from this thought of being a baby to our bodies as we age. Mm -hmm. I'm approaching 50 and I'm noticing, you know, my body just does not recover as quickly. Mm -hmm. What does it look like in terms of rest for the body to be gentle with our bodies as we notice that mm -hmm. they're aging yeah. and they, uh, they, don't quite, they don't quite do what we maybe want them to do? <laughs> oh gosh um how do we how, how are we gentle with mm -hmm. our with our bodies well i think that to honor our bodies at the stage that they're in is very it's a very sacred thing to yeah. do i you know we've all seen people 
um, who just can't seem to accept the stage of life mm-hmm. that they're in. And so they keep, they're always pushing mm-hmm. beyond what their body will allow or beyond what stage of life allows. And there's something about that that just doesn't fit. It's just wrong, you know? And so for us to accept our bodies in the stage that they're in and to be good to them, I think is very God honoring. It's honoring of the gift that God has given to us. So, so again, rest for the body. Do you think our bodies communicate things to us about what our bodies need and how do we learn to listen to what our body is trying to tell us? Well, we do just that when we notice something in the body that's uncomfortable or that uh, feels stressed or is hurting rather than just always trying to push through it. We take the time to, first of all, pay attention and then maybe maybe there are physical things that we need to do to care for the body and it might involve the medical profession or maybe not. But um, I think even when we feel ourselves to be more tired more often than we maybe would like, yeah. we need to pay attention to what's happening in life and what's happening in our bodies and maybe even whether we're eating right, maybe whether we're getting enough exercise. But to trust that the body has something to tell us if we would just listen and that honoring the body is a God honoring thing to do because God gave us our bodies as a gift and Mm -hmm. we want to utilize the gift in ways that are appropriate and consistent with how, how God has gifted us. Okay. Um, you mentioned me in an earlier episode about this dualism that, Mm -hmm. um, for centuries, early Christians dealt with. I think we still absolutely Christians seem to to deal with it as we think about, you know, leaving this earth. And, but you talk a lot about having an embodied theology. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and you mentioned that in this chapter, talk more about what you mean. Well, there's a field of study now in seminary that has to do with the body as a place of theological reflection and even revelation of who God is. And, and I think it's a fascinating lens through which to look at the body because if we are created in God's image, which we are, we believe we are created in God's image and we are created as bodies, then we could assume that the body tells us something about who God is. Mm. And so this way of studying about it in seminary these days is to say that the body, because the body is created in God's image, is actually a place of reflect of reflection it's a place of revelation where god reveals something about god's self in and through how god created the body i think that's amazing and so um, our experiences in the body actually become places of understanding greater understanding of who god is and so that would be what we would talk about when we talk about an embodied theology or an incarnational theology is that we believe that our creation as bodies and all of our experiences in our bodies and as bodies actually reveal something of who God is. So that just that just puts a whole different window on everything, doesn't mm. it? To think of all the experiences that we have, even the ones that we might think are more shameful or might be confusing to us or whatever, but that all of them have something to say about who God is and can be a place of revelation of the very essence and nature of who God is. I think that's an amazing um, idea, an amazing way to look at our bodies and be led towards honoring our bodies. I really agree. And it occurs to me as you were saying that, that our culture knows how to appreciate a certain kind of body. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is typically, you know, very fit mm-hmm. and young. And, mm-hmm. but we, we are not, we, we do not know how to, well, that, that was a very declarative statement, wasn't it? It seems like we mm-hmm. do not know how to celebrate 
a body that's in middle age, a, yeah. a body that maybe carries more mm-hmm. weight than the ideal image. Mm-hmm. How do we begin to um, notice God in a body that maybe we feel frustrated mm-hmm. by? Yeah. Well, I mean, I do think that it does begin with believing that the body that God gave you or the body that God gave me is the is the gift that God gave and to accept it and receive it as it is, as the great gift and the good gift that it is. I also think that that being the best we can be in our bodies and caring for our bodies is also very God-honoring. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you think about any good gift that you receive, if you really do value it, you take care of it, yeah. right? Um, and you nurture it and you cherish it. And so the same can be true for our bodies as well. But I think that the idea is different than just trying to have sex appeal the way our culture defines it or just trying to be perfect the way our culture defines it. It's much more about the gift and the giver of the gift. Mm -hmm. So if I give if I give somebody a gift, say as an article of clothing or something like that, I am really excited to see next time when they're going to be wearing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they look good in it and and it pleases me Mm -hmm. that they're actually utilizing the gift that I gave them in the way that I intended it to be used. And I think it's the same with God that that we seek to be in our bodies in ways that honor the giver and hmm. his intentions for the gift. It's not about what the culture is wanting to see or what the culture is affirming. It's more about what it means for me to receive this gift and live this gift to the best of my ability um, as God has given it. And that's a very, very different motivation, I think. Um, and I, I remember early on in my own solitude experience when my spiritual director drew attention first to the issue of the body. Cause I, I came into spiritual direction, very lethargic, very out of shape, carrying extra weight. I'd finished having three, three children and never really quite got it back. And, um, I thought I was too busy to exercise and because I was tired all the time, I was using a lot of caffeine. I wasn't drinking anything but caffeinated beverages. So I was dehydrated. Mm-hmm. I had no idea any of that was connected with my spiritual life, but she was the one who first began to suggest that maybe some of the lethargy, maybe some of the desolation that I was experiencing actually had to do with the fact that my body wasn't in a very healthy state. Mm -hmm. And so I related so much with Elijah whose body needed help. Clearly his body needed help. That was the first thing the angel came to care for. And it gave me courage to begin to pay attention to my own body and to see that as a part of the spiritual journey, not as some bifurcated thing, but as actually a part of the spiritual journey and that I take my spiritual journey in this body. This is the only vehicle I have right now for showing up on the earth um, before mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And so I might as well take care of this one and pay attention. And that was a long time ago now. Um, it was 15 years ago now, if not longer. So, um, it's been, it's, it, it was a wonderful point of integration mm-hmm. for me at that time to rather than, than sort of setting that aside and, and not being able to figure out how to deal with it in a culture that objectifies the body. You know, the secular culture objectifies the body and then the religious culture shames the body and (laughs) sets it aside. So it's like, what are you supposed to do with this thing called a body? And this was highly integrative and extremely positive. And what I discovered was that there is this kind of almost a spontaneous combustion when we bring together our spirituality with our life in the body, that these are two aspects of life that are meant to be together. And when they are together and when we do bring them together well, there's huge energy that's available to us. It's spiritual, it's physical, but um, we become more energized and more alive Mm -hmm. because we've integrated these two things that belong together. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, In an earlier episode, you talked about how 
when you were looking forward to rest in the body this episode, you talked about how so much of the healing mm-hmm. that we need happens when our body is at rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you return to that and say a little bit more about that? Um, especially as a, for Elijah, it's partially related to a journey he's mm-hmm. about to take. So say more about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much more to say, except that it's just a physical fact of life in the body that healing takes place while we're resting. And probably because it takes energy for the body to heal anything that's broken, whether it's a broken ankle or whether it's, you know, a cut or something like that, that when we're awake and active, we're using our energy towards other things. But when we're resting and sleeping, the body can send its energy, you know, to those wounded places that need healing. And so to think that the work of healing takes place in the resting, and it's why when people are sick, we, we tell them to rest because your body has to use energy to heal itself. And it is one of the more amazing things about the body is that the body can heal itself if given the opportunity. And a lot of what we do for a body when it's wounded or sick is to support it in healing itself, right? Mm -hmm. In that natural process that takes place. And so um, that resting time is when our body is healing itself. And it becomes very important. Wow. How can doing a daily examine help us keep in touch with our embodied selves? Mm -hmm. Well, I think a wise person can actually pay attention to whether or not there's any place of stress or tension in the body and actually then pay attention to it in God's presence. What is it trying to tell me? So if I am feeling dis-ease in my guts, I actually, rather than trying to set it aside, I actually focus on it and say, what might my body be trying to tell me? What is the source of this dis-ease? My body seems to know it before my mind does. What is the source of this disease or the tension in my shoulders? You know, what is causing tension for me these days? The tears that that show up behind your eyes when Mm -hmm. you get quiet. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, I didn't think I was sad, but what is that? And so when we're in solitude and silence, I think we can actually begin by paying attention to the body, doing almost a body scan. Yeah, oh yeah. And just noticing what's there and then paying attention to what we find. And so a body scan, everybody, if you haven't heard of that, is just... Mm-hmm. You literally just start at the top of your mm-hmm. head and then you just kind of imagine you're doing a scan and mm-hmm. you, okay, anything going on on the top of the head, anything, mm-hmm. my face, ears, any tension, any yeah. tightness, any, you know, and then shoulders mm-hmm. and just yeah. go all the way down to your feet. Right. And then, right, God is going to meet you in that. Right. We, 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 we pray, we, mm-hmm. we trust. Right. And um, might, might even breathe into that yeah, place because yeah. oftentimes our breathing can actually release the tension that we're holding and that we're feeling and yeah. um, make it easier to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not judging is really important yeah. at this point, you know, cause we're not trying to talk ourselves out of anything. Right. We're just trying to be aware of what's real being with what is. Yeah. Right. Why am I so tense? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? You're not <laughs> you tense know? right now. Are you? <laughs> I do. Um, thank you, Ruth. Uh, would you please lead us through a practice, if you would? Um, and as you're doing that, I just want to say, like, I, I think the fact that the transforming community devotes an entire retreat mm-hmm. to honoring the body is right. such an important way to integrate everything mm-hmm. else we're learning. And about. talk about resistance. Oftentimes, oh, yeah. there are, there's huge resistance to that retreat, and people come in. Many of them just not wanting to do it, dreading Nervous, it, you know, for sure. and then it ends up being the most, one of the most important aspects for them. So it's really lovely to see Push, that. Push, pull, right? Push, mm-hmm. pull. Yes. 
All right. Well, first of all, let's do what we've been doing, and that is to notice your body. Notice if you're holding it tight. Put your feet flat on the floor. Straighten up your back so that you're alert in God's presence. Notice how good it feels to straighten your back. I mean, that's one of the things that I find all the time is that when I can straighten up my back, it just feels better to be in my body. And then let's go ahead and take our three deep breaths because that also helps us to come in touch with ourselves as creatures, with ourselves as bodies in the presence of the one who created us. So inhale all the way and then exhale all the way. So see, you're feeling better already. I just know it. And now, um, if it helps you to close your eyes or if you've had your eyes closed, that's great. It can be a way of resting yourself from external stimulation. So go ahead and try that and see if that feels restful to you. And then just let your intention be to rest your body right now in God, to rest your whole self in God. Notice if there's any place of tightness or tension. See if you can't either move or breathe in such a way as to release your tension. Let it be enough just to rest in God and experience rest to be prayer. Isn't that great? Just to think of rest as being a way to pray. Psalm 131 tells us that. And then notice if those three deep breaths actually helped you to release tension. Notice whether or not it actually shifted the way you are right now. And if there's anything else in your body that needs your attention. And if so, just place your attention right there. Tension, tears, dis-ease. Just give it your, your loving attention. And if your body seems to be wanting to say something to you, just welcome that knowledge, welcome that insight. Continue to breathe and rest yourself openly and simply in God's presence. Notice your tiredness. Or maybe you feel energized. Notice that as well. What feels good and strong and whole and well in your body right now? What feels unbalanced or stressed? or abused or misused. And again, we're not judging anything, we're just noticing. And then if you are able to consider this invitation, see if there seems to be anything that God wants to give you right now in response to your body's need. How about a few minutes to curl up and rest under a blanket? If your body want that, what about a quiet walk or a more intense jog? 
Or does it feel good just to sit here and not be moving so fast to get somewhere? Notice what it's like to just rest your body in God's presence. In returning and rest, we shall be saved, and quietness and in trust shall be our strength. God, help us to be your children and to trust you with our very selves. Amen. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from, and we are grateful you spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation journey with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community is designed to integrate your spirituality and leadership, helping you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Also, if you've enjoyed the podcast, we would love to hear from you. And there are three ways that you can respond. One is going to patreon.com search for strengthening the soul of your leadership podcast and you can become a monthly patron at various levels second is that you can share your favorite episode with friends and third is you can go onto itunes and leave a rating and review to find out more about the transforming community experience or to apply go to transformingcenter.org thanks so much for listening to the podcast May your love be shown.